In the words of Calvin Harris, it's all about where you going, no matter where you've been. And this is the Fat Man Chronicles. Welcome to Batman Chronicles episode 145, FMC Run Chicago, I don't even know where we're at, is it chapter 16? <laughs> I, I probably Sounds should cut this a little bit more than, than that, yeah. I'm going to go with chapter 16. There you go. And I got my buddy Dave with me, and we are two middle-aged dads just trying to figure things out. Dude, it's been two weeks. It has been. I What's got, happening? I got 19 weeks to Chicago. Yes. I'm sitting in a hotel room in Wisconsin because, you know, Sugar Badger weekend. Crushing it. Our first remote podcast. Yeah, fully remote <laughs> podcast where I'm on the road too. Uh, it's, uh, it's interesting, right? Because I... You know, like, we don't chat a ton in between. Like, we'll send each other a few messages, but like, I have no idea what these two weeks really have brought on for you. Yeah. And and so, like, I'm kind of excited to catch up and, and see what's going on. It's been, uh, well, I think, first, we should have, we should start this episode off with your awesome weekend, because I'm sure people want to hear more about your success than... Uh, <laughs> my disaster it's been i will say it's been a mentally it's been a really good two weeks because i don't want to say i've hit rock bottom but mentally i've really been able to look outside myself at what is causing me to kind of go backwards and forwards and 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 I've realized a couple things one that this is a terrible time of year for me that I don't ever really think about and uh that kind of came um to the spotlight through a uh, Facebook memory I hate to admit that and um your comments about like uh the pillars I really wanted to post something in on the Facebook page to have you explain that some more, but really made me start reflecting about the pillars of my life of what, who and what I want to be at 51. And, and at 51, you, you kind of, I kind of feel like I'm an old man, but I still have and could have a very viable 30 to 40 years left. <laughs> and and it's just been a really reflective week for me that I think in the long run will be very positive. 
Yeah. And, I think- and, and I, I told one of the biggest steps to make is um, that I gave my um, notice to my baking job, which will be a huge um, um, positive effect in my life. So you'll be down to one full-time job versus two part-time jobs, basically. Yeah, I'm texting them upstairs to do something with the uh, dog. But I will be Monday through Friday, 7 to 3, uh, which good. will be a huge help to me. And um, when I left the cooking business 20 years ago, I swore I would never cook again. And mentally, it's kind of been a failure in my mind that I've resorted back to that. And it's really all just crap I've made up in my head. And um, that's a big positive for me to have a, a job that I never thought that I could do at the IT place and to not be cooking again. Right, I don't have to wake up at four o'clock in the morning anymore. I'll have a set Monday through Friday schedule that will allow me to utilize my mornings much more effectively. And uh, and I and I don't mean it may sound like I'm talking in in uh, in code, um, but one of the things that I didn't realize was this week was the fourth anniversary of my father's passing. And uh, many people don't know. Many people do know. But I had a really, really hard um, or bad relationship with my father. And uh, my father and I, since I was about Brayden's age, or he, I was about Brayden's age, um, I caught my father uh, having a ton of affairs. And uh, we got into a huge fight. And um, I kind of kicked my father out of the house. And ever since that point as an adult um i probably didn't talk to my father eight months to nine months out of the year for my entire life after that point because he would get pissed off about something and um he wouldn't talk to me and uh he he was um found on a welfare check and uh, as a paramedic it always bothered me and it always really hurt when people would die alone and no one would know until um, someone didn't hear from them for a couple days and they would call the police. And that's what happened uh, is my sister had called me and asked me if I had heard from my father. And I'm like, no, it's, you know, totally normal not to hear from him. And uh, there is a circumstance that it was not normal for her to hear from him. And uh, she called the police and they did a welfare check and father found that my father had passed and subconsciously I, 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 I kind of blocked that out, but I never worked that relationship out with my father. And, uh, and I think that's one of the things that has been, uh, really weighing me down and, and hard this past couple of weeks. Got it. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, those are real things, right? I mean, emotions, right. And, real, you know, in, in I, yeah, and in um, in high school graduations, now is high school graduation time, and uh, I would put it as my third biggest regret in life is not graduating high school and all this like seeing all the high school graduation stuff. 
I think it doesn't bother me, but I think truly deep inside it does bother me more than I, I care to admit. So it's just been it's been a, a tough couple of weeks. Um, I feel like if you were hanging out with me right now, we would have a good time. Like on the outside, uh, I don't really think I let it bother me. But deep inside, subconsciously, mentally, it really bothers me. And I kind of shut down uh, from it, if that makes any sense. But that, it's kind of how I feel. Yeah, I mean, I relate to that in in a lot of respects in terms of the emotion part of it. Because I'm not sure that too many people would have looked at me at any point in time and said, oh, that he's depressed, right? Like he's going through about a right, depression. Right, right. And if you read the book, um, uh, books by Corey Reese, especially this last one, right, where Corey Reese comes out and he talks about his depression, he calls it smiling depression. I know a lot of, you know, uh, professionals have called it that too, mm-hmm. where day to day, nobody knows, right? And Right. But there's there's this turmoil going on inside of you that makes it tough. And, you know, you said you, you don't want to say that you hit rock bottom. I'm, you know, I, I can't define that for any other person. I, I know I've had to a couple of times in my life in order to make big changes. And this this latest round was was one of them. Mm-hmm. And Rock bottom is not a bad place to hit if you've got to make massive and major changes to your life. Yes, you know, agree. And 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 I don't want I I don't want to dis disrespect people who have really hit that point and feel a despair and a helplessness that I'm not feeling. Right, I'm having. A really hard time for me, but I, I, I've seen people. It maybe I, I, it's a disservice to myself, but I don't think seeing some people struggle. We've had my wife and I have a friend um, who had a suicide attempt within the last year, and I, I, I don't have those thoughts. I don't feel that whatever. Sh- she was thoughts of helplessness or despair. I'm not in that world, and I don't want to disrespect people who have those, who are going through that by saying that I've hit rock. I'm having a really hard time, but I'm not at that point, and I think it's important that. I have so many thoughts going on in my head that I don't want to make light of people who are going through those struggles. Am I having a hard time? Yes, but I'm not having that level of struggle, right? So here's as somebody who's been through a lot of therapy, you know, over <laughs> the course of time and who's thought a lot about this stuff. I'm going to, I'm going to say a couple of things. One, our mental health, like mental health struggles are not a competition. So if you're talking to somebody and they're talking about their mental health struggles and you're thinking about like what you're going to say next, like, oh yeah, well mine, you Mm -hmm. know, I feel like that's, that's not good. Like if, if that's what you're thinking, like it's a competition, like you're in such a word worse off space, then 
then you've got to go and, and, and find a way to get yourself some help, right? And conversely, for yourself, right? Like, just because your mental health struggles right now are not as deep as as somebody else's doesn't invalidate them at all. And the third part I'm going to say is we need to, and this isn't a knock on you, Dave. This I want you to mm-hmm. understand, like, this is a general, this to me is a general kind of uh, thought that mental health struggles do not equate to suicide. So just because you're depressed doesn't mean that you're suicidal. Like, and I think that oftentimes we confuse the two in our society, right? A hundred percent. I agree with you. That every mental health struggle, every depression, every depression and anxiety episode has to lead to some huge despair, like where you can't exist. For people who get to that point, my heart always goes out to them. Most of us, that's not what happens. So I think that if you kind of take that step back and realize, like, and just accept that your struggles are are extremely important to you and you've got to get through them, it can only make for better. And, you know, I, I mean, I think it's great that you've got some changes coming up that are going to, that you believe will help you. But until you get to the core, the root of the, of the issue and, and confront them and deal with them, like changing a job isn't going to mean crap, right? Sure, sure. It's it's going to make things easier day to day, you know, from other aspects. But I mean, I think that you've got some things that you still obviously need to work through, right? A hundred percent. I there's no denying that there are many, many things that I need to <laughs> to work through with a professional, and it's impossible, not impossible. It is very difficult to make that step to find that person. Yep. Right? Yep. And you, we've talked about this before. Um, I know many people whose struggle is finding that person who they confide in. And I had one. And literally all of our conversations was she was just playing devil's advocate. Right? And then... I get pissed off and you're created an environment where I'm not opening up and we're not able to dig and get past the BS to the normal, uh, to the real issues of why I um, self-sabotage myself, where, why, you know, there's no self-worth and all that nonsense that we've talked about before. And it's, it's not nonsense, <laughs> but, but we've talked about it before, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, and, and, and I, and I struggle with it. Um, I don't, I had a failed, uh, rescue in the fire department. One of the last things and uh, that call, I was put in a position that I was not trained for. Not as um, a paramedic. As a paramedic, I could have easily, it, it was a no-brainer. But I was put um, on the Marine unit in our fire department for a day. And I had to do a rescue off uh, an oil tanker. And I'm terrified of heights. So we pulled up to this huge oil tanker in the Chesapeake Bay. And they have these wood ladders that hang on the side of the oil tankers. 
that I had never climbed before in these, it wasn't choppy water, but it was choppy water. But I couldn't get, when I got on this rope and wood plank ladder, I couldn't get up the ladder, right? Because I'm terrified of heights. I wasn't prepared for it. When I got on this ladder, I ended up in like a 90 degree angle above the Chesapeake Bay and I freaked out and I had to climb back down the ladder and I'd never been in that position before and it wrecked my confidence and I haven't been able to recover from that and thankfully we just um, it didn't affect the patient he was airlifted off the oil tanker and everything was fine but the fact that that guy could have died because I couldn't get my fat ass up a ladder destroyed my confidence and it ultimately ended my uh, career in the fire department and I, I still carry that with me I still carry the guilt with me and uh, all this stuff is you know do I need professional help absolutely but I'm beginning to for myself unravel all this stuff and unfortunately it's like um, you know in the middle of this podcast when I'm supposed to be being this great runner, getting ready for my, you know, comeback marathon. And uh, it's just opening a lot of uh, wounds that I haven't looked at in a long time. And in a way, I'm really glad that it's happening. But uh, so here we are. <laughs> uh, I, I think that there's a few things in there, too. One, who cares about running? I mean, it just unless it's part of your process to heal, I don't think it matters at all to to anybody listening or to uh, anybody in your life that, you know, cares about you. The, the fact of finding a therapist can be difficult, it, it, but it also can be easy, mm. you know, and just because something's difficult doesn't mean we shouldn't do it. Right. Like, I think it's great that you're unpacking, starting to unpack these things, but to me, it just gives you more to talk to a therapist about, right. To get sure. better tools to cope with things. And, you know, I highly, highly, highly recommend to you, anybody else, like just start the process because it ain't going to get easier by putting it off, right? Right. Like, and the, I think one of the great things about these newer online services is that you can work your way through people um, to find the right one in a fairly, you know, quick manner and... Most of them are on, you know, Zoom or FaceTime or so it's it's all but face to face. Right. Because I think that one of the most important things that I learned definitely was the nonverbal cues of a therapist were huge for me. Right. Like mm -hmm. not like learning what not to interpret or what to look at and they and vice versa. They could then see my nonverbal cues. Right. If I'm rolling my eyes and it's on the phone. <laughs> right. They don't know. Yeah. They might hear right. it in my tone, but uh, I mean, I think it's great that you're starting to work through them. And, and, you know, if you don't, if exercise isn't part of the the process, then so be it, right? Like there's yeah, so many but, other pieces of it. And exercise is a very important part of the process too, right? Well, I mean, it can be, but for us, I think it's it, not it, at all, right? Yeah. I, I think for me, when... I was successful is exercise and running was part of the process, right? I've never really seen uh, anyone uh, other than the, the one brief experience that I had with a, a therapist, but I've never, I've 
been super, <laughs> and I'm laughing saying this at this, but I've been super successful <laughs> up until a certain point of hiding it. And I think that's part of the problem. Yeah. I've I've hid so much for so long and that machismo, you know, you kind of, you know, you drink yourself to go to sleep, hide all these problems and, you know, issues in the deep recesses of your, of your subconscious. And when that dam breaks, then it's like, you can't keep up with it. And I, and, and uh, the last couple of years have definitely been that. And I've, I've kidded myself um, for a long time for the last couple of years that uh, I, I really do need to take the next steps to mentally to figuring all this out with the aid of someone who knows what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, not, not, not a podcast co-host, that's for sure. Uh, but you have great insight, right? Because you, you've traveled the road. You're not afraid to say something you're not afraid to give me an honest answer right a lot of people wouldn't give you an honest answer and um i think it's important that i have a trust and a respect for you that i actually hear and listen to what you say because it's valuable and helpful i appreciate that i it, right now right it's it's so much more by the way, the Corey Reese book. I, I don't know, I should have just said the name of it. It's called Stronger Than the Dark. Mm-hmm. I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, we don't get anything out of it, but any way I could support Corey in that book, I just think is something that people could, could read and relate to. He, you know, he, he talks about some struggles in ways that I could never know, right? With like his church and stuff, but right, right. Um, but the overall struggles, like totally relatable and a lot of people get a lot out of it. But anyway, the important part to me is that people continue to talk about this. I mean, the fact that you're willing to open up and talk about it is big. I think mental health in general, people don't talk about, I think men in particular often are uh, afraid to talk about it because of, you know, the machismo or what have you. Mm -hmm. And the more of us that are just willing to open up just that little bit, it just makes for a better world at that point. Right. And yes, you know, we've listened to, to 10 junk miles for many years and, you know, Scotty opening up about his uh, sexual abuse as a child, right. Men are, you know, are victims at times too. And my guess is go underreported as compared to, to others. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. to to women, but that doesn't diminish either's experience, right? Like it's it's, but we just need to find ways of of talking and bringing it out. I mean, it's one of the reasons I started the No Fear Project, you know, a few years ago. It's just a safe space, just to say what's on your mind or what you're feeling. Sure, and and, and men don't really have community, right? Because if we have community, like my community was always at a bar, machismo, hanging with guys from the fire department or, you know, the police department. Uh, you know, we're, it's poker or cigar smoking. You know, if I'm having a cigar with my buddies, I'm not pouring my feelings out to them, right? So I think it's hard 
because you're almost taught that, yeah. that you can't, you know, that you're less of a man because you, you give those emotions and to me, as now, as I get older, and I find myself telling Braden that we don't cry over these things, and, I, and I'm beginning to learn and be able to say it out loud that it's okay, right? Express those emotions, right? Yeah. We just went through that whole um, little downtime for him, and he's still opening up about that, but now I'm finding, I'm like, thank God he's opening up about this stuff because I've hid that stuff for so long. And now look at me now. Like if he can learn now growing up that it's okay to have these emotions and discuss them, he's going to be so much better in the long run for it. That, and right. I wish no one ever told me that, you know, when I was 17 in the army, we don't talk about those things. All right, guys, let's sit around. How are you feeling today? Right. Yeah. It doesn't happen. Well, I, thankfully I think that the, at least after the military, that is starting to shift. We're starting to recognize, you know, what a toxic place the military can be in terms of your mental health at times. Yeah. But, uh, and that's coming from those guys who are like, hey, you spent two years telling me how to get, in, you know, to train me to be this killer and spent 20 years in combat, right? If you think about it, a lot of those guys, we've been in war for 20 years and they give them no time on, all right, here's your DD-214, you're done. Here's the real world, right? Yeah. How to, you know, yeah, I can't a- imagine trying to deal with that. Like I had 20 years in the fire department, but I can't imagine what that's like for those guys are 20 years of what they went through and they're like well you know what we did was worse right and i i I can't understand that thinking yeah Uh, i mean and and not to go down you know a rabbit hole but i think about the fact that like when all of a sudden there's changes to the military like where women are in combat situations right and what mentally that had to have done to them where they're outnumbered, you know, a thousand to one. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And, and who do they lean on? And it's just, there's so much, but my point being that there's resources now and we're starting to at least open up a lot of times because of celebrities or professional athletes that are willing to say, Hey, I've got a problem here, right? When Simone Biles, the greatest gymnast of all time, is willing to come out and say, look, I I was mentally broken. Mm -hmm. That's why I couldn't compete. I listened to a a podcast. I wish I remembered this guy's name. But it was um, talking about finding purpose in the second half of life, right? And one of the things he said what he was talking about is money doesn't like everyone wants they they set a goal for themselves i want to be a millionaire i want to do this i want to be a ceo but if once you achieve that point it does you you didn't find happy like you put an end result on happiness but that end result doesn't necessarily make you happy and if you look at all those people who have reached these ultimate levels 
they have much more regret because maybe their kids don't talk to them or they choose the money truly didn't bring them happiness. And he brought up Michael Phelps, who, you know, he won 25 gold medals or he won 24 gold medals. And what happened after he won the 25th medal is he wanted to kill himself. And it, and it, it really helped. There's much more resources now and people coming out and saying that it it doesn't necessarily bring happiness and it's okay. I, I guess it's a long-winded way of agreeing with what you just said. That, 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 that the people are, that the right people are saying that it's okay. Right. Well, I mean, and, and I think that there's some things definitely to keep unpacking with what you got going on and to transition a little bit to have kind of a, a lead in to this weekend for me. One of the big things I realized, and I mean, this was a big, a big epiphany. Maybe that's the word I have to mm-hmm. think about what that word might be. But I was talking with my brother, Joe, who's a tremendous runner. And in that conversation, I realized that the, Chicago, as every day goes by, I'm sure my coach is going to love to hear this, but as every <laughs> day goes by, Chicago means less and less to me. I yeah. I actually, right now, I don't care about the race. It doesn't mean that I don't want to run it. It doesn't mean that I don't have a goal. It doesn't mean I don't have that stretch goal of, of under five hours. I do. But if it got to race day and for whatever reason, conditions weren't right, the race gets canceled, I can't compete, I honestly don't care. Mm -hmm. The process has truly become the goal. And the way that I look at it is this. If I get to race day and and, and I can't go or something happens, no one can take away all the runs that led up to it. No one can take away all the fitness that I gained. Nobody can take away the experience. It, it just, it doesn't, Chicago doesn't matter. Yeah. And once I realized that, I, I mean, I don't know how you tell on a podcast that I'm like just way more relaxed about life and seeing things clearer. And I don't know if my wife would agree that day to day. I mean, we could ask her when she wants to record again because um, we won't talk until then. But it's it's a different mindset to the point where I almost feel like a different person. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not worked up about every training run. I'm not worked up about any paces. I had a watch on Saturday. I looked at it a few times here or there one time to try to take a picture of it, to send, you know, and post for the two gomers. How's it going? Virtual 10 K five K whatever it is race yeah. right? to support those guys. Um, and I, I didn't remember to do it until it was like six and a half miles, but uh, I didn't really look at it that often. I also this was the the this was the least I ever talked to somebody on the Badger or a Sugar Badger course. 
and I was fine with that too. Like, mm-hmm. like just nothing mattered, right? Like I wasn't, yes, I wanted to hit a goal. You know, I wanted to be under two hours, 50 minutes. That was arbitrary. It was just something I thought, oh, I could probably accomplish that if I just run a little bit, you know? And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I look back to the year before because it's the same course, same race. And just think about how much different I felt. I mean, I looked a lot different too. I could tell you, I saw the video of last year, me coming into the finish. Oh yeah. I, the first thing I thought of when I saw the picture of you and Michaela at the start line, you looked incredibly different than previous pictures that I've seen six months ago, a year ago. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I mean, and, and that is like a bonus, right? Like the fact that it it's showing a little bit on the outside is a bonus, right? Because I feel so much different on the inside. So, I mean, these two weeks leading up to the race, since like we, we last recorded, have been pretty good. I've had a lot of good training runs overall. Not everyone was easy, but everything was good. You know, I'm, I'm volunteering more. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting out into the community that way, like just making a difference by helping get people food. I'm volunteering with a food pantry mostly. And, uh, you know, and now I'm set up for a pretty interesting summer because we keep calling it Camp Daddy because <laughs> there's no, there's nothing for Michaela. Like, I'm, I mean, she's got activities, but no like daytime camps or anything. It's yeah. kind of on me talking with the older kids about, you know, potentially taking some road trips or, or seeing them and doing things a little bit differently with them because I've got, I'm lucky to have this kind of flexibility and, and freedom. Uh, but I, but it's also relaxing to know that at any time I could just say, okay, I'll, I'll go do something else. Like mm-hmm. I can, I can go apply somewhere at, you know, for a job if I needed to or wanted to versus, you know, staying this entrepreneurial kind of hybrid kind of, uh, course but you know overall it's it's been a good two weeks and i finally broke through my plateau like in terms of weight loss but i think part of that was just i didn't i i wasn't like i got like frustrated for about 14 minutes one day right where i'm like what what is going on and then i started thinking about it this is on me all right what am i doing well i was ending almost every day with popcorn (laughs) and and I had salt and I would put, I, I put olive oil on it. I have really good olive oil that I get from my buddy, Vino Mike and Paolo. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's delicious and it's great. It was kind of a fun little tradition because I'd make a little bowl for Michaela and, you know, I would have it. But in the end, that is a pretty big inhibitor to, if I, if part of what I need is weight loss, which is... Oh, well, what if I just took that from five or six days a week down to two? Mm-hmm. And guess what? Broke right through. And now I've lost uh, a little bit more. So I think I'm down 15 pounds. Awesome. Um, and coming into this weekend, I'll get to the race. But part of the thing that I didn't want to worry about food too much. Like I just I wanted to eat. I didn't really want to worry about it. And I realized like, oh, I'm living that in my day to day life. It's just that I'm mostly cooking at home. I'm mostly stocking my house with the things that I need. Mm-hmm. So there's not a lot of choices. And I got to tell you, you go to Wisconsin 
in these rural <laughs> communities, there's not a lot of great, healthy yeah. choices for me. Line and Kugel and cheese curds. Yeah, there's a lot of that. <laughs> uh, but I just kind of relaxed. And for the first time in however long, you know, I had some ice cream. And it was delicious. And it also reminded me, hey, this is why you don't eat ice cream. Because you feel terrible yeah. when, you, when you eat ice cream. I didn't, I thought about like, oh, I'll have a drink if I feel like it. Never ended up having one because it just didn't, I don't know. It just didn't sound like I needed one. You know, you get, you could have it. I mean, you're in beer heaven up here, craft beer heaven, but uh, there's a, there's spotted cow everywhere. A lot of new yeah. right? Uh, and I just didn't, didn't care. And we ate great meals overall. Last night wasn't our favorite Sunday. We stayed an extra day. Not sure we should have done that because not there was like nothing open in Verona, Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, very disappointed in the Gomer's hometown from that. Uh, but they're struggling, right, in terms of people. So you've just got to take a breath. Like, is it that big a deal? It's not. But, you know, we had great meals. And, you know, so if you're in the area, highly, highly, highly recommend Christie's in New Glarus. Make a reservation. Go to Christie's. It was unbelievable. It was so good. Michaela wanted to go back the next night for dinner. Is um, that where the big, uh, what was it, chocolate cake was? Oh, that was chocolate cheesecake, yes. Chocolate cheesecake? Yeah, that was a chocolate cheesecake for dessert there, um, which was tremendous too. Um, but I had <laughs> I had some, you know, just good old-fashioned German food. I had some Wiener schnitzel and Spätzle or however you say that and, and yeah. uh, you know, the braised pickled cabbage. and. Uh. It Delish. was phenomenal. Absolutely Delish. phenomenal, right? Right, if there's one place to eat German food, it's rural Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, uh, and New Glarus is great. It's a Swiss community. It's be- it's wonderful to visit. Just absolutely wonderful. So, and, you know, we visit Paoli, which is another little town, you know, right here, right outside of Belleville. I think a lot of it actually has Belleville ad- addresses. Um, you know, and there's just tiny little shops and food there is is great. Just a great time. So this was a little bit different of an experience for me for the, from a race standpoint. Training had been good leading up to it. Had my goals. I was ready. Weather was good. It was between 60 and 70. A dew point that held below 60 in the 50s, I think, for the most point, uh, most part. Clouds were on and off. Unfortunately, we'll get to where it was sunny. Um, which was at a most unfortunate time. But the race itself, you know, I got my kit together. I just put on my FMC shirt, uh, the Bailey, for however you would say that, shorts that I've been using. Mm-hmm. Um, same one as I had I, uh, sent over to you, which were great. Made sure I had the squirrel's nut butter. Made sure that I had bandages because <laughs> uh, things <laughs> chafe. Sure. Yeah, we don't want to look like Andy Bernard running the 5K uh, on the <laughs> office and uh, got up early. And I didn't, you know, the one thing I'm still not good at is kind of understanding what breakfast food or, you know, because I used to never eat before runs or rarely eat before runs. But now I kind of do at times, depends on the run, how long, wanted to for this one. I really couldn't find anything to, to get. Uh, I should have just brought something from home. Lesson learned. Mm-hmm. I ended up buying these Nature Valley blueberry muffin bars. 
um, and ate two of those, along with a cup of coffee, kind of ready to go. Like, put yeah. on the shoes, had my Ultras, uh, the Torrens, and headed over with uh, Michaela and, and Gretchen at about 7.30, races at 8 o'clock. It's a 10-minute drive. Yeah. I mean, just simple accommodation, simple to roll Do what a train park. does. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, <laughs> you, you say hi. I didn't talk. You know, this was the first time I've ever been to a 10 Junk Miles racing race where I missed talking to Scotty. I never talked to Scott this weekend. Really? And that's disappointing, right? Like, because I just look forward to even two minutes of interaction with Scotty is just always good. Right. Sure. He's got a way of making you feel like you're the only one there at mm-hmm. his races, and he's engaged. He's always engaged, and he's super insightful of a guy. Right. And um, I got to see his wife Kyla, which was awesome. Um, I saw Holly uh, briefly, uh, but it it was weird not talking to him. But when we were at packet pickup, he just happened to not be there at that time. Uh, so the night before they pack a pickup, I did see Mike Finstad, who I love. Great guy from Minnesota. Just had knee surgery back in February and did a 50 miler. So, you know, huge props to, to Finney. Uh, I got to see pre-race. I talked to Jameson Swift, who puts on um, a, a winter ultra 40 miler. St. Um, Croix. The St. Croix. Yep. Along with yeah. his wife, Lisa who I ran the first Badger with a lot uh-huh. of the way. And I got to see Lisa because she was there. They kind of just jumped in their camper and Lisa was on her bike and Jameson, you know, went out and ran. Got to see Oscar um, uh, Delgado. He's just al- always such a great guy to, yeah. um, you know, talk to. It, it was just super casual. I saw Lynn, who I ran a lot of the half with last year. And just gun went off. I had forgotten even to put on a podcast or a audiobook. I had I didn't even have the the earphone in, you know, yeah. the one I uh, earpod or whatever. Didn't even have it in, and I just started running. And awesome. I was towards the back of the pack because I I'm just used to being back there, and that's where I started. And I just had no worries. Wasn't aggravated by anybody kind of going slow or stopping. Mm-hmm. There was somebody with a dog running the entire half marathon. There's somebody with a, a kid, you know, running the half. I just thought it was just a great, everybody's happy. Yeah. And, you know, I started out fine, you know, and I have no idea what the times were on the miles. Um, yeah, I laughed because I, I asked you how you did. You're like, good overall. I'm like, Are you killing me now? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, what was your split? What was your yeah. time? <laughs> and that, the old me would have been like, oh, I'm going too fast. I'm going too yeah, slow. Yeah, yeah. But I kind of ran by feel, uh, you know, if I chatted with somebody for a second, it might have slowed me down. But I just kind of kept going. But I felt really good, even though I had a terrible night's sleep the night before. The worst night's sleep since I've had my CPAP. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know what it was. I don't know if it's because of the way I ate. I don't know if it's because of the you know, how late I ate or uh, if it was the bed, if it was travel, no idea. Right. 
if it was just nerves because next day is race day, right? Sure. Uh, but either way, I still had to run. So I just kind of said, okay, this is the way it is, right? Very, I don't know. I'm trying to get more of that stoic philosophy, you know, yeah. in, in me. So I I kind of kept going. And then all of a sudden I had, I knew I had to use a restroom. And I'm like, do I really want to stop in the woods? Or do <laughs> I want to just go ahead and make it to the Tunnel Road aid station? You only see one, you see the aid station twice, but it's only one aid station on the half marathon course. And it's just short of four miles and then just over uh, nine is basically what it comes to. And I'm like, you know, I think I can make it. Plus everybody I was either with or leapfrogging or it was all females. And I'm like, I don't like they don't they don't need to see some dude in the woods like that's just rude. If I can avoid it, right? It wasn't an emergency. Mm-hmm. So I just, I went ahead and got the tunnel road. Nobody's at the portage on. I duck in. Easy. Get out. And then um, at the aid station, you know, everybody's just so nice. And I had talked with um, Robin, a woman named Robin, the year before at Dots while doing packet pickup. And she was there. So we chatted. I mean, like, I didn't make it a hurry. We chatted. Right? Yeah. And, Got going after that. So right after that aid station. So this has all been on the Badger Trail so far, right? All the way up to that point. Now it's pavement. And now the sun comes out because <laughs> you're on pavement and it's uphill for, uh-huh. a, for a long way, right? And I know for people who run on hills that a 250-foot climb isn't really that big of a deal. But for those of us who don't live with hills... It's a big deal, especially when it's in, you know, like a mile and a quarter or something. Mm -hmm. Um, So I started heading up the hills and I was running and then I'm like, you know what? I think I got to walk. The first time I looked at my watch was after the next mile, uh, like it dinged and it was like 1540. And that was with a stop. I'm like, geez, that that's not bad. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll take that. And the next thing I had to look forward to is. Gretchen and Michaela were going to be at just short of the turnaround, maybe two tenths of a mile. Maybe you might have even been less than that. I'm not even sure, but probably about two tenths of a mile away from the turnaround because there's a road right there where you can see, um, you know, see somebody. And I just enjoyed. I, I can't believe I'm saying this. I enjoyed that climb in a way. Yeah. Because, yes, I kind of power hiked it. I took one picture kind of when I got to the top just to remember it because it's a beautiful view up there. The the nice little lush rolling hills of Wisconsin are gorgeous. Right. Yeah, I don't even know who I'm listening to anymore. Like, <laughs> who is this guy on the other side? I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and then we get to a downhill and I'm like, hey, don't. I'm telling myself, don't bomb down this hill because you're you're gonna you could blow your quads out, right? Like, don't do it. So I ran super controlled downhill, enjoyed it. I, I mean, I remember seeing the photographer. I might have been smiling like a goofball. Like, I I just was enjoying the time out there, and it was getting warmer. The sun was out, but it wasn't miserable, right? And and given what. Where we are about to see weather, we hit. I mean, Scott, the 
TJM racing crew just got lucky. I mean, it, it was yeah. gorgeous comparatively. So then I get to see Gretchen and Michaela and give them a quick kiss, get to the turnaround, see them again, quick hugs. And I'm like, you know, I'm feeling great. Back on my way. I ran just with my, what I like to call my fanny pack, right? I had my gels with me. I had a couple of bottles of water. I didn't even take all four bottles with me because I'm like, I'm not going to need them in this weather. Mm -hmm. And uh, coming back, the hills are worse. So it's just, uh, it's much worse. And I don't know why that, I mean, I think maybe it's the pitch. Maybe the steepness is a little bit uh, worse. And I was like, "Woo, this is taking something out of me, kind of coming back. And I'm like, oh, right, that eight station's at the bottom of the of the hill when I finish. Fantastic. And I even thought, like, ooh, they've got M&Ms there. Maybe I'll grab some M&Ms. Yeah. Um, but I got to the bottom of that, and I just refilled my water. Said hi. Took a, you know, ate a gel. Went on my way. Oh, by the way, my first gel I ate, like, at that aid station the first time. Because going uphill, I'm like, oh, this would be a good time for it. Sure, sure. And I had, frankly, just forgotten I had enough gels to probably have more. Because I was feeling pretty good. That was probably maybe a mistake. Like, I've been thinking about, like, fueling since then. And I probably need to take them in more often. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just used Morton gels again. And it felt great. And uh, at that point... There had been somebody way in front of me, and it looked like he kind of took his time at the aid station. Um, I think he's a veteran. Just I think he had a team red, white, and blue shirt on. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a couple of women that we kind of leapfrogged a little bit. And then the guy says to me something to the effect of, you know, I waited for 10 minutes here so that you could catch up. <laughs> so, I mean, that was good, right? Funny and fun and so him and I kind of started leapfrogging um, a little bit because he was a much faster runner than me. But then he would walk for a little while. And this is where the only time like I just decided to play a little game. And uh, we got to about mile 12 and I looked back to see where he was because I'm like, oh, I wonder if I could I wonder if I could get in before him. Like not super competitive but just kind of a fun little game to play right like if Mm -hmm. he passed me who cares but so i look back and dude this is the only part of the race that was miserable i turned back around and took a deep breath in like kind of a cleansing breath and i swallowed a swarm of gnats (laughs) that were just coming across the trail Dude, I almost I almost tossed my cookies because I That's took hysterical. I mean I must have taken in two hundred gnats <laughs> in one breath. And it's like they were coming in and I knew it and I couldn't stop the breath right? in. You know? So I start I had to stop. I'm coughing. I'm like, don't get sick, don't get sick, don't get sick. I drink some water, I rinsed out my mouth. I'm like, uh took in my uh last gel. Um at that point, because I'm like, well, gel's got to, like, that'll help just get them. Right, right. Them Protein there, and carbs right? for the last mile. <laughs> and I'm like, how, so I'm like, I'm literally laughing at that point. Because I'm like, how how stupid. Yeah, that's hysterical. And, and like, coincident, like, the odds of that happening were like slim and none. Right? It was just the perfect timing. Because there wasn't a lot of bugs on the trail. There, 
Mm-hmm. I don't know what they do on the Badger Trail. I mean, there's bugs. Don't get me wrong. But they're not horrible this time of year. But we have had a lot of gnats in the Midwest this year for whatever reason. Like, I see mm-hmm. a lot at home. Like, a lot more than normal. Um, so, anyway, at that point, I'm just like, okay, that's that's pretty funny. And I got to be honest. I don't remember if he caught me again. I think he did catch me one more time because I had stopped and kind of, you know, whatever. Um, But then I did uh, know kind of at some point where he was, like about the last half mile. I I looked back in a different way. I kind of looked back. I raised my arm, looked under my shoulder because I didn't want – I kind of shielded my mouth, didn't want another mouthful of bugs um, and decided – you know, let's uh, let's see what I could do a little bit this last half mile, especially the last two, uh, last quarter mile, and uh, decided to just go ahead and finish. And at that point, I actually did look at my watch um, and say, oh, I'm going to be under my goal of 250. Like, this is great. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just kind of finished off and, and got in at around 247, I think. Mm-hmm. And... You know, felt really good. I just thought of like, yes, I'm tired. I'm a little sore, a little fatigued. Um, oh, I forgot though. At one point on the, at one point the 50k winner came bounding by me, yeah. like he was, like I was standing still. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> like you go, brother. Like he was. Yeah, just- I always like to tell those guys, like you know. Hey, great job. I've paced you for as much as I can. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're on your own now. Yeah. I mean, like, I didn't even know he was coming, right? Yeah. I mean, he just, he was so light on his feet. He was flying. It was fantastic, right? Like, I love seeing that. Like, I got to see the winner on mm-hmm. the 50K race and, um, you know, but anyway. So, what they have, the, the 50 mile, the 50K, and the half all going yeah. at the same time? Uh, yeah, so the uh, 6, 7, and 8 at 8 a.m. starts. Mm-hmm. So the 50-mile went off at 6, 50K at 7, and then the half marathon. And uh, the 50-miler, you got two bonus miles. You didn't even have to pay for them. Yeah, nice. Miler. Well, that's the kind of so, guy Scotty is. It is, yes. Yeah, and the and the half marathon, you get an extra bonus tenth. It's 13.2. <laughs> ah, uh, if that was yeah. a road race, people would be losing their mind. Yeah, right? Right? It would <laughs> be... There'd be feeds everywhere if that was a road race. I know. I just got to enjoy, you know, a tenth more of the mile yeah. of the actual trail. So I felt great uh, about getting that bonus tenth. So yeah, so I finished and I felt good. And I and I immediately compared it to the previous year where I was dead. Like, yeah. And I think I was 322, 323, something like that the year before. But if I remember, and I could be wrong, but you were far more prepared this year. Oh, way more prepared. Right? Like mentally yeah. and physically. Oh, oh. I, physically it's not even close. So I ran, uh, I'll run three tomorrow. So in May, I'll end up running just over 109 miles. Look at you. The last time I, were, I, I ran over 100 <laughs> miles was two years ago. Yeah. In June of 2020. Um. I mean, and I feel good. Like I'm, I've got that. Like I'm always physically sore, kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, but it's the good sore, right? Right, like, right. And it's not bad. It's, it's just like, hey, I know I've been doing stuff. Uh, my easy pace is definitely getting 
you know, quicker. Coach Hollyann immediately told me that she will be recalculating paces. Um, you know, <laughs> based on what if, what if it was flat? Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's great. And, and after the race is always good too, right? So you get a medal. I think Arnold handled, handed me the medal. I saw Oscar again, um, you know, went and got a couple of pieces of Johnny O's pizza, sat down, had some water, some pizza. And then we picked up the, the lawn chairs that we had and we headed over to Hollywood to cheer on a few more runners. Yeah. That's so, the best part of yeah. those. Like if you do a shorter race and you have the, uh, the energy to go and just cheer on the other people is I love doing that. Not that I've done that in a long time, but that's really a great yeah. part of the event. Yeah, it was fantastic. You know, and said, you know, I waved at Holly and, and said hi. And um, we ran into Jameson and, and Lisa again, which was great. Jameson said I kept following him, which was true. Um, I mean, <laughs> stalking is, you know, borderline, but we'll, we'll wait for the restraining order from those right. two. You just uh, add it to the file. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Uh, but we we didn't stay along there, um, you know. We did have a seven year old with us, so yeah. yeah. Was, was she over uh, it at this point? You know, she's such a good kid. She's not making a big deal out of it, but you know, she had her headphones on and was watching her fire, which is probably a good thing at the Hollywood Aid Station, where she would have <laughs> probably gotten an education just from the songs that get played. Because <laughs> yeah. um, it does have Holly, so right. you know there are there's language and yeah. and uh, references. I can that, only imagine that debacle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to me, it was great, right? Funny. She had her had her headphones on, so she didn't hear anything. But I, she wanted to get back and do some swimming and stuff. Sure. So. I came back, you know, we rested, we had a bite to eat, whatever. I I really wish I could have been out there more. You know, it's probably better if we leave Michaela behind for that aspect of the race weekend. It'd be great to have, you know, Gretchen with, but like, I really wish that we would have just gone and sat at the park and just Mm -hmm. cheered on finishers even um, for a while. Um, We probably would have spent more time at Hollywood and probably even jumped in to help out if we had the opportunity, but it's having the kid there is a different experience. Right. And so you take everything with kind of what, what the situation will give you. So we didn't spend as much time with TJM, you know, nation people this time, but there's always next time next year. Are you going back to Badger? Yeah. I got to talk to my coach about what we're going to do there. I can almost for sure talk. Well, no, I can for sure tell you I'm not going back and doing a 50K like I had planned. Right, right. With the focus being just on on Chicago in terms of wanting to get there healthy. If I, you know, if it, I, I don't want to do anything. As much as I, it sounds probably opposite of what I said earlier about it doesn't really matter. But I still, I'm not going to do anything to sabotage it, right? Right, like, right, right. Why, why go do a 50K in the middle of training? Now, maybe Hal will say, yeah, go do the half. Mm-hmm. And it's basically the same course, right? So you could almost have a a fitness check in much hotter weather. Um, right. You know, I might go do that. I am signed up for the 50K, but I might just go do the half or something. If Hal says to, to go do that uh, or thinks it's a, a good idea to fit in the training. If not, not you know, no. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and right now I don't have accommodations because I haven't talked to her about it. I just 
thought about it this weekend, actually, for the first time in a while. So I don't know, but we'll find out. And if I don't, then I'll be back the year after, you know, mm-hmm. or, or something. We'll we'll be back <laughs> soon enough. Yeah, I just want I want to experience the experience. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and hang out with those people. And I really would love to be a part of the uh, Dots Last Standing. Right. I think that would be really cool in the 48 hour um, event. I think that would be fascinating to be a part of. Yeah. Those things. Right. With that community. Yeah. It's so interesting, Dave, because I was so much like that in terms of. Oh, let's let's see what I can do in 24 hours or 48 hours. Well, I didn't or, say I wanted to run the 48 uh, hours. I wanted to yeah, be yeah. a part of that <laughs> experience. Sure. Um, and then, uh, but, you know, now I'm just like, whatever, wherever I'm at at that moment, I'm, I'm really trying to be more in that moment. Mm-hmm. And so planning, like I'm, like I said before, like I'm really not beyond Chicago um, other than, you know, helping Rob potentially you know and and he said it's all right to talk about I, although i i really want to talk to him on air about yeah, yeah, yeah about no save stuff, it you know um but anyway it i would love to go cheer that kind of thing on too and i don't even know when dots is this year i mean i i think it's october isn't it it is in october but i i mean i i feel like it in the past it was maybe the same weekend as chicago or darn near it oh. um but I don't know. Uh, but I'll look at it. Uh, and I forgot one of the major things that happened at Packet Pickup. I took a selfie oh. with a certain wrestling coach. I was I wanted to punch you <laughs> and hug you at the same time. That you love. <laughs> oh, my God. The, the I actually, infamous 100 Milers. Yes. And I downloaded the episode. To, Do you know um, what episode listen, that is, by any chance? Uh, I... I can give it a quick look, but uh, I was so jealous and so like, oh my God, I want to be there so bad. It is long run number 148 with Chris. Is he saying Bono or Bono? I think it's Bono. Bono. Yeah. With Chris Bono and John Reeder, I met and took the selfie with Chris at Dot's. And sent it to you immediately. As soon as I saw him, I'm like, I I said to Gretchen, oh, I got to get a cell. I, I almost walked <laughs> by, right? Because I'm not really – because, like, we were on our way to dinner. I have the kid. Dots is really not a place for the kids to be hanging out, right? Um, right. Yet. So I got – but I'm like, oh, I got to get a selfie. So I walked, you know, up to him and said, look, I got to get a selfie with you if it's all right. My 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 buddy and, and you know, current uh, podcast co-host, Dave, you're like his – one of his heroes here, you and, and uh, your your fellow wrestling coach. And he's like, oh, boy, kind of like, ah, oh. you know, yeah. he's like, he was like great about the selfie. But it was like you seeing him as like, uh, you know, yeah, a person yeah, yeah. to admire. He's like, God. Um, so did that, which was a really cool experience. And so they were there this this weekend running again. So that's awesome. Um, what they run? I, I'm assuming the 50. I mean, why would they do anything but the 50? I have no idea. Because um, they're yeah. smart. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't ask because um, we were like literally. I took that selfie and was on our way out. 
Yeah, that's um, awesome. I love that. But I mean, I'm a massive, massive college wrestling fan. Right. And those guys are a different breed. That story was amazing. I love that kind of story. And it really, it, it made my day when you sent me that. Yeah. So if anyone wants to listen to their stories, and believe me, it's worth listening to. It's pretty funny. I don't remember, like, I don't remember who was who, like, in the, you know, in the podcast. Right. And they tell stories. the story a great way. Yeah, and they do, and that the but it's the after the race stories, <laughs> yeah, being dragged by a blanket, you know, into the <laughs> house and stuff. That's so just unbelievable, right? And I mean, in their self-deprecating humor is great. Yeah. It's just a it's a good one to listen to. It's right. Long story short, are two like world class wrestlers who've never run ten more than ten miles run a hundred miles. Right, right. With it's awesome. No, not worried about equipment, <laughs> training, anything. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Stories alone are probably worth it. Oh so. yeah. Well, I I sent him a um, a comment afterwards that said if one of your wrestlers doesn't come up with a shirt with you standing holding your shorts out because you're chafed so bad <laughs> that it's a failure of the Badger Wrestling Program. <laughs> so. Holly and Scott, I saw some pictures had a had cr- like Chris's face on a shirt. Yeah, uh, this weekend. So, um, oh yeah, she had it on at Hollywood. Yeah, when I saw her, so that's I don't know, good stuff. So anyway, to wrap it up, good race, fun race, coming in at that time was phenomenal. Like if it would have been a little cooler, fully flat, who knows what I'd be? Don't mm-hmm. know, don't care. I just love the fact that. Yesterday I was a little sore. Today I'm barely sore. Um, so my recovery has been super quick. Love it. And, you know, we'll hit the road here shortly to drive home from Wisconsin. We're thinking about possibly just going all back roads, like no highway mm-hmm. home. So it could take a while. We'll see how long that lasts with the seven-year-old. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we've downloaded uh, an app called Here, Here. That I saw on Facebook, Kevin Costner is a part of, but it basically tells like if you're driving by a town or like an historical marker and you're like, oh, I wonder what that is. A lot of like they have thousands of stories that you can just press play and it'll tell oh, you cool. what you're passing uh, or what's in- interesting in the area that you're in. Yeah, so, I'm going to put that on because uh, Bray and I are going to uh, the metropolis of Tiffin, Ohio. Next month, so maybe I'll nice. put that on there. We'll see what we can listen to, you know, because he won't talk to me for the whole six-hour drive. He'll, you know, he sits up front now, but you know, we gave him a phone for his thirteenth birthday, so his whole life is twenty-second reels. Yeah, yeah, that's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, the pool just opened by us, so uh, him and his cohort of friends uh, they sit in the pavilion. For like 15 minutes out of every hour making TikTok videos. A lot of uh, shirtless flexing, I'm assuming, at 13. Oh, from Braden? Yeah. There's not a minute of the day that he's not shirtless flexing at the pool. <laughs> <laughs> he is He is very confident. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know how much he weightlifts. So he definitely is um, very buff, very strong, and he is not afraid to... Uh, point and flex every chance he gets <laughs> oh that's great to be and young. he wears like he wears the short shorts oh boy so and his 
legs are monstrous and he he'll he'll call you out and say hey you know there, i didn't skip leg day today right <laughs> he's just cuz all his fun, all his friends are athletes so they all give each other a hard time but he flexes non stop that's funny Oh, all right, dude. We've run over an hour. We probably should wrap this thing up. Yeah. Hey, Pete, you're awesome, man. I appreciate you in so many ways. Great weekend. I appreciate your honesty. You're uh, I a good appreciate dude. the time, and thanks for being honest with us, too. And Yeah, and I will say um, I've gotten tremendous support, acknowledgement, texts, or uh, not texts, like uh, messages from people in the group and it's super appreciated and uh it means a lot right that um we can touch people and people take the time to send me a uh just a hey we're here for you support you keep pushing forward and i um uh running with sarah we kind of text every other day kind of keep nice. each other uh, accountable and uh, a special shout out to everyone who's taking even 10 seconds to send me a little note and uh, it's super appreciated, and uh, I love doing this. Beautiful. You know, there is, speaking of shout-outs, there's one more before I go. And I don't know how I, I neglected that. Well, I was going to do this last week, right? But we, we didn't record. Uh, friend of the show, Shay, mm. did the Key 100. Huge. And that race is no joke. Yeah, that and was massive. So a huge shout out and congratulations to her. And, you know, she's always been super supportive um, of us. So it was great to see. She's normally and would have been at Badger. Unfortunately, she couldn't be there. Um, you know, a lot of people's flights got canceled from yeah, yeah. the weekend. So I think she was caught up in that. But, you know, it'd been great to see her. But either way, we want to say congratulations. And just that's beast mode to be getting that kind of stuff. Personified. It's just great. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. All right. We will wrap her up then. You've been listening to episode 145 of the Fat Man Chronicles. The music is You Got Me Wrong by Safar. You can keep reaching out to Dave or I on, uh, or myself on social. You know, you should share this podcast with someone who needs a little, little downer and then a little upper. <laughs> And in the meantime, everyone get out there and be better today. I was not hiding. I was on